Hello, and welcome to Joyful Climate Writing. This is your host, Catherine Elsa Krebs, and I have another episode where I'm going to be reading one of my recent publications. This one is a short story called Staying Grounded and was published by Writers Rebel. It's 2020, and I am debating whether my lupin seedlings are ready for transplanting. Like barnacle goslings leaving the nest, the transition is a bumpy cliff. They are the height of my thumb. Two only have their seed leaves still and aren't identifiable. I use a spoon to scoop them up and plop them in individual three-inch pots. I want to put them outside, though I'm unsure if it's down to my own impatience for sun and rain to spur their growth or my desire to tidy up my windowsill. Like the wedding we're planning, I swap one worry for another. On the one hand, there's the guilt of initiating dozens of transatlantic flights involving a hundred tons or more of carbon. On the other is the guilt of not having my extended American family join us when we tie the knot. The phrase tie the knot comes from Scotland, where we'll marry. It's from a witch rule called hand fasting, where a strip of tartan from each clan is wound around the couple's hands in a way that creates a knot when pulled apart symbolizing the union of two families. In the end, the COVID-19 restrictions free me from the heartache and agony of my wedding being responsible for expanding my environmental impact and from the need to reveal that this fear was keeping me awake at night. Recently, I was scrolling through Twitter and I was surprised to recognize an artist I knew in neon orange vest getting arrested in London. I'd met her at an academic event on the climate emergency and felt an instant connection. She spoke in a calm, level voice when several police officers asked her to stand. I'm sorry, she said, leaning back. I'm choosing to go floppy because this extends my nonviolent civil resistance. This is the most we can do nonviolently. As they carried her away, she raised her voice above the cheers and shouted, I refuse to cooperate with a government which is sentencing billions of people to death. Her feet dragged like a corpse and it made me shudder. I watched the the clip three times in a row. Out there, people were blocking the entrances of oil depots, throwing soup on famous artworks, and spray-painting the headquarters of oil and gas lobbyists so as many people as possible will hear them saying, it's an emergency situation and we're treating it like an emergency. What could I do? I can tell people why I'm flying less, I thought, and so I have. Since my wedding, I've wanted to fly many times to see my family and friends 5,000 miles away, but I've wanted something else more. I've wanted to cultivate a feeling of groundedness in my local environment, a curiosity for what is growing at my feet. Not flying means that for the first time, perhaps in my whole life, I've spent a spring and summer in the same place. The love and joy I feel for the plants in my vegetable patch brings me strength to talk about my carbon footprint and flying. It's like growing lupins. You look at the seed packet and decide not to sow them because they don't flower for two years. Or you take the easy option, like carbon offsets, and buy a couple lupins from a garden center instead, because you want those pink petals this summer, not next. But I'm done with that, or at least I'll make flying exceptional. It's not a mundane activity. I've learned to take action now for what I want to see in the future. We all have to start somewhere. If staying grounded is about acting like it's an emergency, then I'm ready. When someone mentions having time off instead of asking, what exciting places are you going to on your holiday? I'll ask, what are you cultivating at your feet? It may be a small thing, but I'll be growing lupins. 
It's funny to read my story again. A lot of it's been cut out, and a lot of it I wrote almost a year ago now. And I'm excited to say that I uh, have a lupin that did flower its first year. It didn't take a second year. That's only just happened. It was uh, a really beautiful pink one. Had lots of babies that I did not plant. It managed to sow them itself. Um, I will admit, I actually have not succeeded as much as I would like about asking people more about, you know, what they notice around them. And I do still ask, it's an easy question about, you know, oh, what are you doing for the summer holiday? Um, I don't know how to stop that. And I'd love to have a bigger conversation with people. I think that's what all of this writing is. It's to start conversations. The writing is not the end point. It's the starting point. So if you, I suppose like me, struggle with this where, you know, you're trying to fly less. And I'm not trying to judge people for flying. I know that's not particularly useful, but... I'm wondering how to not normalize flying in the way that I talk and conduct myself. And if this is something you're also working on and you'd like to explore it further and even just have a conversation, please do DM me because I know it's such a big area. Also, when it comes to organizations, scope three is something that isn't necessarily being measured right now, but does need to be if we're actually going to reduce overall emissions. In the higher education sector, flying can account for 10% of, uh, like in Scotland, it was 10% of the sector's emissions. And that was during COVID. So it, it's that usual thing where it's not a practice that happens all the time and no one seems to be responsible for it either an environment team has so many other things that they're focused on of course they have to look after the energy used in buildings and how they make buildings more efficient they think about the fleet of cars that are driven daily but there's not really like we have campus cycling officers and higher education institutions but we don't have aviation and sustainability officers that's probably the sort of thing that we would need to tackle this. So I have some thoughts right now <laughs> about flying when it comes to organizations, but also again, when it just comes to myself and I suppose it's always that we need both. We need to be thinking about what we as individuals, how we conduct ourselves and also how we can change systems around us. And if you'd like to be part of that conversation, I would love to hear from you. If you want to stay in touch as well, please follow me on Twitter. My handle is Ellsworth underscore Krebs. That's E-L-L-S-W-O-R-T-H underscore K-R-E-B-S. I'll speak to you next week.